Get it out. Hey, toy family. This is the Marsham Toy Hour, where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. Oh, and I, I'm sorry, Gary. Wow. Wow. I, I'm Teresa Hawkins. And, uh... Filling some co-hosting shoes this week is going to be a previous guest that we've had on several times. Chris Buchong is back, so welcome back, Chris. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm hoping there is a Designers in Dungeons episode at the end of this. I'm assuming there, not. There, there isn't. We're, we're still waiting for George and Carlos to get back on the same episode. I'm still in the hospital right now, technically, <laughs> and I want to get out there and uh, save the world or whatever. I remember. I remember now. You were uh, during the game. You were attacked by uh, a couple of deadbeats that I think latched onto your nard or something like that. So you're out there. You're stuck. You're still at Doctor Ace Hospital, and uh, yeah, we gotta rectify that situation. It seems like you've been there for a couple of months. Sounds about right. Now, are you recharged, Chris? Well, let me uh, clarify that. So for the listeners, Chris is the manager at Super 7 out there in San Diego, and Super 7 isn't very far from the convention center. So during Comic Con weekend. They tend to host uh, a couple different events, and this year you hosted a pop-up shop with uh, the Skeletor's Lair, so you stayed up in late, and then you also had a collaboration pop-up shop with uh, Uncle and their you know Futura design figures. So are you recharged, and did you get to see San Diego Comic-Con at all? Did you get to go? I mean, I enjoy the atmosphere, but uh, before having to work it, it was a different story. (laughs) So most of my time spent is with the store and and actually working and not hanging out and playing and having fun. I was sort of planning on driving out on Saturday, but here, we'll go off of toys for a second. I'm going to give you a real sob story. So um, Friday. Oh, okay. Let's go back a little bit more. So the week before last Friday... I took my car into the shop. It was having some mechanical issues, and my car has 178,000 miles on it, so I am figured let's just do all the uh, the maintenance possible. I got new brakes, transmission flush, all the goodies. cost $1,700. Then I went out and bought uh, four new tires and uh, a new battery and just got the whole, the whole thing. I'm thinking my car is going to last the next four years. Then the Friday before Comic-Con, a week later, after I get $2,300 worth of new stuff put in my car, my car breaks down while going to pick up my kids from daycare, and it's 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 broken down. It's not moving. So call a tow truck, have it taken to the shop. The shop holds it there for two days doing all sorts of diagnostics. Turns out it's the motor, and they said, your car's done. You can put, you know, a $4,500 engine rebuild into it, but your car's not worth 4500 so you're kind of out of luck. So this whole week I was scrambling to – car shopping, running around to dealerships and all that good stuff. Meanwhile, I put the $2,300 into my car, plus my car won't drive, so I don't have a, tr- a trade-in. So I got totally screwed. So it's almost like losing $4,000 because I put all that money into the car that didn't go anywhere, and then I had no car to trade in. So that sucked. Uh, it was frustrating, but I don't know. You guys ever have car problems? Gary, oh. I'm so sad. But here's the thing, Teresa. It's just money, and I can always make more money. Like, I was feeling a little down on the whole, like, man, what black cloud is following me sort of thing. Because, oh, plus the week before that, the AC went out the house. That was like $500. Then I locked myself out of the house. That was $300. Like, it's been a bad financial month. But 
it's just money though. I, I, you know, yeah, it really, really, really sucks to think about. It's depressing and it still kind of boils in me a little bit to think about it, but it's not the end of the world. It's not, it's not putting us out in the streets. We're fine. We could, you know, we could absorb the hit, although it sucked. And, uh, you know, there's bigger things going out there. Like I texted my friend. My friend has this perpetual black cloud that seems to follow him everywhere he goes. And uh, he has a great sense of humor about it, though. He always seems to somehow manage to let things all roll off his back and be able to laugh about it and, you know, have a sarcastic sense of humor about it. So I texted him and I said, I might have one up on you, buddy. And I told him my story and he texted back. Now, I still win. You know, my daughter's been in four different ERs. The fourth one finally determined she had a blood clot in her leg and also one that traveled to her lung. And so she's staying over and they're trying to thin her blood and all this stuff and found out, you know, other things about family members. And, and then he said, and then, then he dropped the mic. And uh, so that, that kind of just puts things in perspective. There are more, very much more important things going out there. And, you know, financial hardship is sometimes it sucks, but it's not the end of the world. And, uh, yeah, right. Kind of, it kind of gives you perspective. And at least like, it didn't happen either on your way down to San Diego when it's like <laughs> too far, or while in San Diego. I know, because you know what? I almost left on that Thursday to go out there, and then my car was driving fine Thursday, so I definitely would have made it there. In uh, yeah, I would have been stranded out there, so that would have sucked even more. So you're right. Crazy, because I remember I told you we had like weird twin voodoo thing going yes. on because the same weekend. Your car was having issues. My car had issues. And randomly, I went to work in the morning. And then I was working from home in the afternoon. And that evening, I was going to meet my brother for dinner. And my car just wouldn't start. Just, and I was like, what the heck? It was the same Friday, and it ended up, <laughs> Yeah. It was like crazy, weird twin voodoo. And I was like, Gary, what have you done to me? <laughs> and then um, I ended up having to get a new starter. So that was about four or 500 bucks. So not as bad in my car knock on wood is doing okay now but i was like get your car demons away from me (laughs) sorry i I had that impact it it goes through the microphone (laughs) over to you somehow right brush it back i'm over it the the bad luck they say it comes in threes i've had threes i'm it's got to be done for a while i'm hoping i've had three set of threes for my car issues so yeah god (laughs) i hate cars so yeah it happened yeah I'm gonna, so I'm going electric uh, Tesla. Uh, Ooh, Tesla. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, so, Teresa, I got a little bit of beef to pick with you. And this is probably Chris falls into this category, too. Teresa, you're so young that you're not familiar with any of the movies that I do for our promo images. I know. Sorry for being born. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, sorry. It, it's your parents' fault for not giving you guys, like, any pop culture history. Like... Teresa, I know you're like, what, th- uh, 13 years younger than I am. So, like, it's up to your parents to introduce the world of, you know, John Hughes films to you. Gary, you just your age. You haven't done that before. <laughs> what? Now I know how old you are. You'd never told me. I'm, I'm old. No, you're not that old. I can't. Okay. I cannot help it that I was born in the late 80s. So, I grew up as a 90s kid. So, I remember... 90s cartoons and late 90s movies and I grew up with like the what I consider the original Disney movies and stuff like that I just I'm sorry I just don't know <laughs> I don't know what I don't know I didn't yeah. know okay. I didn't before before that. pretty and pink there was one another one I did that you were completely clueless on what, what was that one I think it was well the very first one I was in that was the uh, collector series I joined with Wendy 
you did Three's Company. Am I getting that right? Yeah, I did Three's Company. I didn't know what that no. was. Had no idea. <laughs> Gosh. And then... Um, oh, Point Break? You had no idea what Point Break was? Oh, yeah, the Creepy Masks. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. I, I actually didn't know what the uh, one with us in front of the lockers was either. Freaks and geeks, you're killing me! <laughs> and then... Yeah, I know. I know about these, so it's no excuse, to be honest. Sorry, Teresa. I love you, man. You had no idea. I just... Maybe... I don't know. We just... Maybe that's like the 2% difference between us. I just watch... Because... I mean, I don't want to, people are going to make fun, but I like stuff. I'm like a secret, like teeny bopper movie kind of lover. Like I love the Twilight series and High School Musical and uh, Divergent and Hunger Games. Okay. All that's, all that's good. I mean, all that's good. All that's good and fine. But if you like the, uh, the coming of age movies, there's nothing better than eighties for coming of age movies. So you got to hit. Have you seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Of course. Okay. We discussed this. Okay. Remember, that was one of the images. I that is a see that is like one of the classics that I definitely know. Okay. All right. So that was my I beef. Just, I, I just wanted to get that off my chest. That's kind of been bugging me. I'm going to give you a list of movies that you need to watch. Yeah. I solemnly swear, if you recommend, I will do my very best. But I have talked to my coworkers about this. I have a very hard time watching old movies because a lot of times I think they're boring. And I struggled to get through them. And I apologize. But. They're, they're so dated looking, it's hard to like. Oh, come get on. into it. Come on. That's my, my it's problem. True, too. But it's true. I don't watch it. Chris, you let me down too. You're supposed to be backing me up on this. I, I, so, uh, Teresa, what was that movie that your coworkers was to lend you? Oh, what was that? You said it was a classic. <sighs> was it? Oh, Princess Bride. Yes, is that? You, yes, she's never that, seen Princess Bride, Chris. Chris, please don't tell me that you've never seen it. How can you not? Exactly. It's on Netflix or was? It's a classic. Well, anyways, let's let's get back to toys. But Teresa, you gotta come on. Gary Scouts Honor, give me a list, and I will work <laughs> through them. All right. You, you know what? We should do a segment where you have to review these movies that you weren't from. Like, yeah, like like next episode. Let's, how about you watch like Pretty in Pink and. Uh, uh, Princess Bride, and you give us a little review of it on the next episode. Right. <laughs> Let's get the, how about we do some Lakes and Snake Peaks? You guys come uh, with the list handy? Yeah. All right. Sure. Let me just go through my emails real quick. That's right. Chris of VinylPulse.com. Chris, what you, what, what you get sent this week that you can share with us? Today at 9.02 a.m., I got an email <laughs> from Course. Oh, um, okay. It's, it's of their new cells figure or narcosis i believe is another colorway of it one is more mute and one is more like bright uh i don't know which is called between the two but it's, it's hard to explain you, you kind of have to look at it it's like a, a dissected creature with um yeah. basically all these random little colorful animals spewing out of it so like i see like a unicorn some birds there's like a cat at the bottom i saw bunny, yeah cat and a bunny it's something, it's definitely, like, interesting, definitely new. Uh, I think it says it's about ten and a half inches tall. Okay. So, I mean, that's a lot of detail of all that spewing out. It looks definitely top-heavy, but I'm sure they figured out the weight distribution on that guy. Oh, sure. Uh, I'd be curious to see it in person. Is it vinyl? Uh, it looks to be vinyl, probably wrong. 
But uh, it's only 185 US, which I don't think is too bad for all of that. No, actually, when I saw yeah. that, and I, I didn't know what the size of it until you mentioned it, because I thought maybe it was a little larger than that. But but still, I think for what I'm looking at, that that seems like a good price, and I'm sure it's going to sell out as they always seem to. Plus all that rad, rad packaging that they do, it's definitely worth yeah. it. Worth it, I think. Now, I don't know a whole lot. We'd have to have George or Rutherford on to maybe explain a little more of the manufacturing process and molding and all that. But I, I, that looks really, really intricate of how all of that pieces together. I wonder if that was one pole or if, how many different pieces it took to build that. I'm not sure. Right. You think each of those are like pieces with little like plugs in it to connect them all? God, I mean, I just don't know. I mean, I'm no expert in molding or anything, so... I have to. I can't believe it would be one piece. I look at that. And I think it has to be at least multiple pieces. But I've seen close-ups of the images, and it's really hard to tell if there if there are seams or or jointing. I just can't tell. Yeah. Plus, they're all different colors and stuff. So masking or would be really tough if you're trying to paint that as a whole figure. Yeah. The cost of the masking on that figure alone would be very very expensive. Right. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful piece, though. Very high-end. I am looking forward to someone actually reviewing it. and It's, it's, it's out of my price range, so I'm going to enjoy it from, yeah. the, from the photos and then read uh, the, whoever wants to review it. Yeah. Same. It's, I, hmm, I can't tell how I feel about it. Did I have some cores? Well, how's your man boob, um, your moobs collection, your man boob collection? Do you have uh, many figures with man boobs? I don't think so. This will go perfect so. with it. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, there was another piece this week that was also had man boobs. It was the, um, that Bakaneko Katsu series that uh, Mama, Yoshi, Mama Miyoshi is doing with um, Chino Lamb. It looks like the cat, a very obese cat, but it's like more like a, a man-child body, and then the cat's kind of like almost a costume, like a headdress, and the cat's body drapes down the backside. The, the backside is beautiful. The whole sculpt is gorgeous. Yeah. But when I look at that toy... Especially the painted version, I just it has the has moves and with uh, very brightly painted pink nipples, and I can't help but fixate on those when I see the toy more so than the the toy itself. It's as it's as if the nipples like follow me around, like you know one of those haunted you know movie paintings where the eyes follow you around. That's what the nipples do, and uh, I don't know. It's, there's like a trend in, in moves going on. Yeah. Come on, Gary. Free the nipple. I, I can't. Right. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I can't. It's it's an amazing figure, though. I mean, it's the same thing with the one that started all this. The uh, the course, the sells one. I mean, stunning, stunning piece. But, well, anyway, so Teresa, is, it, is this something that you would consider buying or no? I want, I love, yeah, yeah. like, the rainbow cutesy side, but not so much the... The, the dissected piece. I don't know, but it's it's interesting, the combination of the two. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Just for me, in my case. Like two colorways, the Narcosis, which is more the, the mute color, kind of. Yeah. And then the Paranoia, which is a more bright version. Yeah. I definitely prefer the Paranoia, but I always love Rainbow. Bright Rainbow. Now, this is the Ethos, right? There was like a second figure or something like that? Was there two releases? Yeah, Str- there was strangers a stranger. and, s- and cells, but they're two different figures, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, but it, and it's but it's gonna it's the beginning of an ongoing series, from what I recall. Right. Yes, course ethos looks to be like the broad name, and then within it is cells and strangers. Okay. 
And they're saying this it's is strange. the first part in the Ethos series, too. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it's a fantastic start. It looks cool. I mean, Gary, do you tend to collect those? Like, because, you know, like, there's, there's, there's a lot of, I, I know, you kind of see certain toys made that where it's, like, some cute, some not. Do you have any stuff like that where it's, like, a mix of, like, the not-so-cute with the cute yeah, put together? Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, but a lot of the stuff, like, if that, even if that was in my price range, I don't know. Because it just wouldn't go with the rest of my collection. I would, I would probably have to put that, you know, maybe somewhere where it stands out. But I think, I mean, it's such an amazing piece. I think that's a standalone piece. Like, I don't know that you surround that piece with, you know, 20, 30-inch minifigures. It's just, that's a standalone that sits on your shelf and just, it looks what they call like an art toy. It is, it's beautiful. And it's just a standout discussion piece for anyone who walks into your home. So, but I don't really own much of that, like that, that type of stuff. My collection's not expensive and it, it it does kind of all kind of resemble the same like it's it's someone who walks into my room and everything will look the same like there's nothing that really like stands out from the rest you know what i mean it's cool i mean it's definitely super sculptural and i love all the different like the way it juts out and it's cool it also is a play on i think i mean the cells character that's in the dissection and also sitting on the top of the strangers figure was a I think they had done a version of it as one of the larger sculptures in one of their shows earlier this year, but instead it had like aluminum balloons coming out of its mouth. So I have a feeling based on that and based on this, I have a feeling they're going to play on that. Like, I don't know, maybe that's my, just my hunch or my guess, but they're going to do multiple versions of different things that like live in this creature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it'll be interesting to see if they do that, like more dissections, but like it's filled with different stuff or they'll just do colorways or what. So I'm kind of hoping they'll take it that way, like different ways to interpret what the character's filled with, kind of like how they started with the balloons. I, and now I they're think on to you're like, right. Now that you say that, I do remember reading a little blurb about it saying something like our bodies are just shells or skin. And then what lives within us, something like that. It's uh, escaping yeah. me. Well, and when you take it that way, I almost kind of want it because I feel like my inner self is like a giant rainbowy plushness of happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like, me. I'm like Minus that opposite <laughs> in the inside. Yeah, you're like Are, the, you would be like the rain cloud, right? And then she's the rainbow. Yeah. It's intriguing. I mean, I like the idea, and that's why I like the storytelling that Course tends to do. Like, it's a very, yeah. it's a very uh, deep thought scenario, and uh, I think that's really cool. Oh, here's what it says: It says we are only cells; they control who we are. Our skin is just a crown. That is what unites us. So, yeah, if they if they uh, carry that uh, quote throughout this series, I think we're up for a real treat. Yeah, that'd be cool. And it's definitely something from the dissected world of things if you want to consider it dissected so it's it's a nice it's a nice new thing yeah totally agree with you I, when i first saw the little you know picture on a toy blog it's it felt dissected but yet it was like completely fresh something new very different uh-huh. and uh did you say when the release date was did you say it was this week yes yeah i say that yeah i'm gonna say august fourth. august 4th all right all right get your clicking finger ready it's gonna go fast yeah and then uh Oh, so so speaking about your inner self there, Teresa, you're uh, so you are you're like the super cute collector, bubbly, happy, positive, always smiling. 
like you're so innocent. And then so just before the show started, we uh, none of us had picked out our least sneak peeks. And then, and I mentioned like, well, you can always mention like, the skull fucker. That kind of goes against everything that you've said in the past. Like it's not going to be expected from you. And what did you say, Teresa? You had no idea that that acronym for Huck's toy was. You're so innocent. You had no idea that that was an acronym well, for skull fucker. So I didn't even know what you were talking about. I was like, I hadn't seen a toy with that name. What are you talking about? And then I realized what it was. And it's the acronym is S-K-L-F-K-R. And I just thought it was, <laughs> I don't know, those letters, right? right. <laughs> like, I didn't know what stood for that. <laughs> but according to you, you wouldn't even say it. You would say it's the S-K-L-F-K-R toy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> let's just, okay. Well, let's move on from the acronym. We've been going back and forth on that one for a while. But, but regardless, I, yeah, my, my innocent self did not realize that if it's intended to stand for that, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> but, say um, it. Say it. Vag, I don't want to say the it. VA, the Vag box. So I ordered the uh, the VAG vinyl series. And not only is it bad enough that the acronym is VAG, but could be pronounced VAG, on the box it says VAG and right underneath of it, box. And Teresa, you're probably too innocent to even know what the box referral I'm, I'm talking about <laughs> is. But it, it, those two words should not go together on a packaging. and It's a big mistake, you know, but I understand it's a, it's a language barrier issue that just – doesn't carry over well to the states, but very coincidental that that that, uh, that happened. <laughs> oh, Gary, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna have to Google that later. I really don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> this, see what I'm working with, Chris? This is crazy. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Sorry. I, sorry. I, I, do, <laughs> I have an innocent childhood, and I apologize. No, that's fine. That's good upbringing. <laughs> all right. So, what do you what, what do you got for your leak of sneak peek then? Well, back to the cutesy world and get away from crazy talk. <laughs> so I will just mention quickly. I know last time I talked about, um, I can't remember if it was last episode or another one, but I had mentioned that Fluffy House looked to be working on a blind box series and it's definitely a thing. Um, so if you, if you want to check out uh, toy Chronicle, they posted uh, another blog post about it with some sneak peeks of the case packaging as well as what the chase figure is going to look like. It's going to be one of the naughty rabbits with like a, his tongue sticking out kind of face. So, and Gary, it looks like the stand are removable. Oh, good. Perfect. So, so, which makes me really happy because in the, unless they, the uh, like promo photos aren't accurate, but in the promo photos, they had a bunch of naughty rabbits and they did not have those stands or bases. So I'm really hoping that if they're included, they're just like a, you know, display accessory, but not required for the toy to actually like stand up and be displayed. So, okay, good. So yeah. Yeah. And they're all like, you know, miniaturized versions of their characters and they do have a new character. It's just called Sunny actually. So it's like a, yeah, it's, um, you know, like a regular person body, just like all the other ones have, but its head is shaped like a sun. And then they've got three different Mr. Clouds, uh, Miss Rainbow, Raindrop, all basically the the typical characters that you'd see through Fluffy House. So yeah. anyway, those are really cute. And I think they're coming pretty soon. So um, it's a collaboration they did with Pop Mart. So I'm hoping they actually put it on the Fluffy House website and it's not something you have to try and get there. Um, but I'll be kind of watching for more info. So. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking at the promotional photos now, and they have one where the box is in hand, and it looks like the box is 
looks like a decent size. It looks bigger than the average blind box, or maybe it's just deceiving. Yeah, the the it, it does look pretty beefy. So I, it's 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 kind of hard for me to tell right now how the size of the figures are actually going to be because I don't think the article touches on that. But the boxes are pretty big in hand. Yeah. Let me ask uh, you this. So I'm looking at the photos, and you do photography and and stuff with your toys, right, Teresa? Do you guys refer like so, so? Sometimes when there's marketing, someone might take a photo of the toy, and it's only the toy, and they've removed the background. But then here I'm looking at Fluffy House's pictures, and they have their toys like in settings. The, the little rabbits are like burying one of the characters, and it's a fun, it's a fun, playful thing. Does that ha- ever have any impact on how you purchase a yeah, toy? For sure. Okay, so Teresa, go first. I. Well, I much prefer setting shots. Like, I really, really like these naughty rabbits sitting on the beach playing and, like, digging in the sand and stuff and burying one. And actually, now that I, I might be mistaken, I thought that naughty rabbit with the tongue sticking out was a chase. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. I think that the chase is still secret. So oh, I, okay. I take that back. I think that's actually part of the twelve. So apologies there, but let me double check. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yep, it's part of the the mainstream twelve. So I don't know what the chase figure is. Cool. So yeah, I, I mean, white background shots aren't bad. I don't dislike them. I like seeing them in settings. I think it's more fun and it lets you kind of envision, at least from my perspective, ways you could play with photos or ways you could display them. Like we've actually, I've actually had some conversations with other people about this, about Momiji dolls, because they always shoot stock photos, white background, and they never look as good as shots like this. Like once people get your doll in hand and you start seeing people posting different photos on Instagram and stuff, it always looks so much better. And we're like, why don't they use shots like that on the website? Like it just makes the doll looks so much better. So that's my personal preference. I just, I think it's more fun and it gives more life to the figure than just seeing it. It's, it's not that it's bad to have stock photography, but it's just my personal preference. Well, Chris, how do you feel about it? Um, I actually like both for websites, like store wise. I like to see the white backdrops, right. but for like, uh, let's say the store Instagrams, I like the setting kind of vibe. And of course you can always have like, any of those same setting photos with the product photo on the website. Like personally, when I get stuff for the store, I hate using the, the photos they send me. But it's one of those, I don't have items in hand, so I can't take my own photos. But whenever I get my own stuff, I'll just like pair it with like, let's say I have Street Fighter toys. Yep. Like I just have old Capcom like posters and just stuff to go with it to make it a little more fun. Yeah. That's just for the uh, Super 7 San Diego store that I get to have fun with that kind of stuff. So I like both, basically. Okay. Yeah. And that makes sense. The white backdrop, especially from a shopping experience, being able to see it in that way. I get that. But from a promotional standpoint, like promoting a new product coming, I think it's more fun to see it kind of in a more playful manner. Just to kind of, Yeah, especially for like on the Instagrams and, and the blogs, like I, I do like seeing them in settings or more colorful backgrounds. Yeah, it gives it more yeah. of a personality. Like I think if, if I just saw these... These th- three rabbit characters just kind of standing on their own on a, you know, a colored background. I'll be like, oh, it's cute. I like it, but it might not make me purchase it. But now that I'm seeing them in this playful environment, it kind of makes me connect to them a little bit more. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I, I do like that. But it would look nice on my shelf. I don't do like how maybe the setups that you do, Teresa, where like the, you know, the toys are interacting and playing with each other. But now that I see it like that, 
I can visualize it more. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, and that might make me pick it up. Especially when I see the, I guess another question would be, well, when you're doing photography like this, when you're out shopping, are you, like, look at this this photo of the, the Fluffy House miniseries. They're, they're playing in the sand, and they got these little tiny, you know, um, sandcastle toys and a little sand bucket. When you're shopping, Teresa, are you ever out shopping for little accessories for your minifigure collection for when you do take shots? Uh, I, I definitely keep it in mind. I always struggle to find accessories. Um, so I would love to be able to find them more. And I know I actually think I talked to Wendy about that before and some other people. And I think a lot of people will use remint sets, which is like miniaturized furniture and what different like miniaturized things that they can use. Okay. But a lot of times those are branded like Hello Kitty or Pom Pom Purin or stuff like that. So I'm not as huge of a fan of that because I prefer more generic looking accessories like these sandcastle type things but so a lot of times for me personally just because I, sh- I like I don't know where they'd get that like I feel like the United States lacks the ability to find stuff like that so I that's why I think I like toys with accessories because then I could take an accessory from another toy I bought and like mix it to make a toy photo out of it like right. like the BFF series is a great example because the series two ice cream cone had a little sunshine you'd attach to it but the sunshine could pop out and so i used to take that sunshine and use it as like the sun in the sky for the background of a photo stuff like that like i don't know i'll just kind of mix and match and create accessories from one toy to be an accessory in a photo but if there's anyone out there who knows like a better way to because i've tried looking through like you know the toy section at target and looking through like little doll accessories and seeing what they have but it's not something I really want to collect a ton of, and I just don't tend to find what I'm looking for. So I usually just try to work with what I have. Okay. I mean, I, I would love to know where to get more fun little mini stuff. Like like this these, these little sandcastle things are super cute, but I have no idea where to get, get those. Well, there's there's dollhouse uh, stores out there, little boutiques that specialize, in, little hobby stores that specialize in dollhouses. I imagine they would have some accessories for this sort of stuff. Yeah, all I can think of is the remit stuff. Yeah, that stuff too. That's, yeah, that's that's, that's what pricey. Yeah. Yeah, and well, and it's blind box, and like I said, it can be themed, which is just typically not my preference if I'm going to use it as like an accessory. So, um, so so speaking of the miniature stuff that you're talking about, that Teresa, my brother sent me a link this week for. You guys know those Halloween costumes from the from the '80s, the Collegeville and Ben Cooper, where it would be like the the hard plastic mask, and then you would wear like the vinyl like slip over costume for your and like Halloween the sheet, outfit. like an apron almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wore a spent like three Halloweens wearing that kind of stuff. I remember McScrooge. That's my fondest memory oh, of one. Awesome! I know I had a few of them myself. I think I had a C three PO one. <laughs> not not my fondest moment, but uh, I had a bunch of. These. I'm I'm a big fan of Collegeville, so I sent I sent you guys the link and. Uh, for for the listeners, just I can't. I'm not sure exactly what the um, the address is. It's called LC Miniatures on Etsy. But if you were a fan of the '80s, what this person does is they shrink down really cool toys from the '80s and '70s and '60s down to um, a dollhouse size. So a lot of the photos have this like packaging and dolls next to a thimble, so you can see how big they are. But they have a lot of like redone packaging that small like stretch armstrong and 
They have the Ben Cooper costumes or the you know the Collegeville costumes. See some and, uh, Universal monsters. Stuff. Yeah, Universal monsters and just all this really cool old vintage like toys and games that we used to have. Like they even have like the the old Flintstones board game and it's actually the box and then a fold out board you know that you can play on and it's just amazing to me that these things are this small and they're actually extremely well priced. Uh, so I, you know, check them out. I think they're a lot of fun. They look really great. They're, like I said, they're about the, they're accessories for dollhouses or just anyone who likes to collect miniature stuff. I kind of want some of those now, but I can't. I shouldn't. I'm gonna lose them. I know, right? This is like a floodgate. This is. I actually, I love the games one, like all the board games. The board like there's games. a little monopoly, little... With, and I don't even know if it's just printed or like little individual dollar bills and pieces or what, but it is. But they're 3D. They're not, I mean, if they're printed, they're wrapped around something. Like I'm looking at the Boris Karloff's Monster Game one, and it actually comes with a, a you know a fold out board game. It's, I mean, these are extremely well done. The Witch Witch game. Well, when we talk about like accessories, like these. How fun would it be to like buy these and with like, some of your small toys, make it look like they're playing a board game together? Oh yeah, oh, it'd be so uh, these cute. are, I. I really want to buy bunch, a bunch of them, but I just told you my financial sob story at the beginning, so I can't. But if anyone wants to donate to the show, let me know, and I'll give you one, I'll give you my address, and you can buy me some of these. Because well, of, Gary, tell me tell me your absolute favorite, and maybe I'll buy your favorite, and I'll buy myself a, a board game or oh, something. Okay, I'll let you know. I'll give you my shopping list because I am torn between yeah. a bunch of these. Again, I think anyone. Who, even if you're not into this stuff, you need to check it out. It's um, it's LC Miniatures on Etsy, and it's really really cool. And there's a thimble yeah. in every picture to give you an idea of how big these things really are. So check it out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're cool. I guess that's going to lead me into my leak and sneak peek. And have you guys heard about the blank contest that's going on? Yes. Okay, so yes, I have. Uh, with with Martian Toys. With Martian Toys. Martian Toys has released news this week that they are putting on the what they call the next great blank toy contest. And I don't remember when the first great blank toy contest took place, but the next one is here, and it's uh, being put on by Martian Toys. And what it is is anyone and everyone can enter, whether you're a, a veteran toy artist or you're someone just starting out. All you have to do is submit uh, in the form of scans or turnaround drawings or even 3D rendered outputs. Anything can be a submission as long as there's a front view, a side view, and a back view. uh, Just showing multiple angles and this will go into a judged competition. And uh, you have the potential to be the winning blank and then it will be produced by Martian Toys. As a winner, you'll receive 25 unpainted vinyl copies and you'll receive a percentage of the royalties, which is which is pretty awesome. Um, it's uh, I mean, it's a completely fair deal. I'm looking at the deal now to receive 25 pieces plus now get royalties and a 10% of the net sales for the first 500 copies and 5% thereafter. I mean, it sounds like a pretty good deal to me. That sounds like the pretty standard vinyl toy deal. So anyone who was thinking that maybe this is not a good deal. It sounds like a good deal. And the, uh, so the submissions, you can send them to info at martiantoys.com. And the deadline for that is going to be October 30th, 2017. And they're going to be judged by a panel of, uh, they already have a panel selected and, uh, 
So they're going to be up, you know, several people are going to have their input on this. It's not going to be open for public fan voting or anything like that. So that's good. And then the winning design will be announced on December 1st. And after that, it sounds like uh, it's going to go into production. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I know yeah. a lot of people think they always have this, you know, amazing toy that's going to be great for a blank. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize what makes a great blank. And uh, how about we talk about that for a moment? What do you I guys say? Well, I was going to ask your opinion, Gary. What do you think makes a great blank? Yeah, is it like a blank, a platform? Like, I don't know the exact terminology, but... Now, yeah, I know Aaron of Martian Toys, he, he doesn't want to call it a platform yet because in his mind, a platform is something that's kind of already established itself as a DIY platform. You know, like he would see a Dunny or a Key or a Bear Brook. To him, those are platforms. They're already established. Everyone knows what they are. There's no doubt when, when you say those words as to what those are. Um, because this is new, he just wants to call it a blank or a, a DIY figure. And so for me, I think what I would say makes a great blank toy is something that just allows itself to be a very universal uh, universal canvas for a multitude of artists. If it's something that has too much sculptural detail, whether it's hair or eyes or a mouth or or anything like that, that's just going to be a, uh, a hindrance or restrictive to a lot of artists being able to think or want to apply their artwork to that platform. So I would say think more uh, in shape and form and less about detail. Um, I know, for example, one time I did a, a toy with Popper called Sylvan, and it was originally pitched to me that we were going to do seven colorways. And I thought, no, let's, let's do four, and then let's offer it up for other artists to, you know, to contribute to. But we, uh, we, you know, we asked a few artists, and uh, most of the artists came back saying they just didn't know what to do with it. it. They were already hindered by the nose and the snout and the teeth and the maybe the horns and the ears. It was just something that they felt that they couldn't apply their art to and still be themselves. Exactly. So that, you know, and I did not design it as a platform. So it was not good. It, that is not a good use of a platform. So that's what I'm saying. Stuff like that. Mm. Like, I've been invited to several custom events where they're asking me to apply, you know, something to a, a platform. And for me, I've, I've turned a lot of them down because I, I think there was just already too much that I, I just felt that, I don't know, I just felt that it was, I would almost be doing paint by numbers at this point. It's just not something I really felt like adding to. Um, and also, I would also say, stay away from making something completely obvious. Like, don't make an elephant as a platform toy, it's, it's only going to appeal to a very small market. You got to keep the shapes organic and interesting and, and basic and simple. You can't make a, you know, something that's a, a monkey or obviously a monkey and expect everyone to do something that's not a monkey. Right. I, I totally agree. I think simplicity is key. Like it needs, it can't, you know, it shouldn't just be a square or a circle or something super, super simple, but um, like I think some kind of design element to it is nice because I think the intent is that it could be standalone if desired. I think based on me reading the um, description. Yeah. But I I totally agree. I think the key is going to be to not overly design it to already be something pretty distinct that'll mm. make it very hard to visualize a way to make it something else. Right. Exactly. And I think a lot of people make that mistake of making something that you just can't. 
You just can't get beyond. And I know some people are like, well, the bear brick, it's a bear. No, it's not. It's It has a bear essence, but it's more than that. It's a very easy design to work with. It's, it's still organic shapes. And uh, when you look at it, maybe some people can't get beyond the bear, but I, I highly doubt that. We've seen thousands of designs already, and everyone can work easily on that platform. And even the Dunny, it has rabbit-like ears, but it's not a rabbit. You don't, you're not restricted by that at all. Um, I would say, if you're going to enter this contest, study what's been successful platform toys, and then look at some of the ones that didn't do so well. Why did they not grow legs? Why did that not do well? If, you know, look at, if you're going to look at successes, look at um, Android and the Mattel or the Dunny and the Key and the Bear and the Bear Brick and the Fonzos. Look at why why did those all do well? And uh, I think you'll find your answer. And that, that should be able to help you enter the contest. And also, be thinking about articulation. As, as far as a DIY toy, customizers love to be able to take things apart easily. And they also like to know that when they do assemble it and they move the arm up and down, they're not going to destroy the paint job. So, you know, try to work around uh, material rubbing and paint, you know, rubbing and stuff like that. Yep. So, right. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what people submit. It almost kind of makes me want to, I don't know, noodle something myself. I think it could be fun to see if, I don't know. I don't know if, my only issue is the, the execution side. Like, I could probably think through ideas, but I don't know if I could, uh, put pen to paper and visualize it well. I mean, I, I can help you. If you, something pops into your head, either one of you, and you need someone to visualize it in a turnaround form, I can, I, I mean, I'll help you out with that. So, but I think it's a great opportunity for really anyone. Uh, and the contest rules say that you can, if you want to hire a company or friends or whoever, you know, like that's totally fine. Um, but once you submit the idea, it's once it's entered into the contest. That's the prop. That design is now the property of Martian Toys, at least until like you can't. Let's say you posted it online, and all of a sudden it's getting amazing praise, and another company contacts you about, hey, you know, don't do that for the contest now. Let's let's do that ourselves. That that you can't do. Like once it's entered into the contest, it's kind of Martian Toy property until the contest is over or I think there's another release date. So it's not like they're going to own it forever, but at least during the time frame of the contest, they have first right of refusal is how, oh, it, is how it's going to be. So I think that's fair. Thanks. I think, I think that's fair. The, uh, you know, the deadline's pretty soon. And if your design doesn't end up winning, then it's all yours. You, you get it back and you can feel free to do with what you want. But until I think the results come out December, January, then you know you have to get the whole tight. And I think, do you guys see many veterans, uh, like someone who's won designer toy awards and you know done over 20, 25 toys? Do you see many veterans entering the contest, or do you see it this mainly an opportunity and that mainly uh, kind of newcomers are going to partake in? I mean, um, maybe vet- veterans will, but personally, I'd like to see some new people, like people step up who may not. Or, you know, people be able out there who may not be really well-known, but create something really cool and become more well-known. That would be more exciting for me to see something kind of brand new and fresh. But, hey, I'm all for veterans bringing something brand new and fresh as well. So, I agree. We're, I don't know. What do, you yeah. think, what do you think, Chris? That's what I see happening, too. Yeah. I mean, it would probably be more more non-vets than vets, but I'm sure we'll see, like, a small handful of 
the OGs or just, you know, known folks trying to have a hand at it. Yeah. See how that works. I mean, I can see a handful. I think the the hindrance with that would be that I think the maybe the veterans wouldn't want to take the bruise to the ego should it not win. And uh, I think the the newcomers or the up-and-comers, they're going to be a lot more passionate, a lot more excited, and probably put more time and effort into trying to win this contest because they want to have their first design you know, published. And uh, so I think that's cool. And also, I, I don't know if there's an advantage. There might be a slight advantage if someone's a, a big name and enters the contest because you know, it's not like the judging panel's humongous. It's not like the Designer Toy Awards where there's like 200 people voting on this thing. I think it's maybe a list of less than 10 judges on the panel. So do you, so let's say someone like a big name, like a Hucky entered the contest. Do you think he would have a slight advantage given that he's kind of an already an established brand? Like would the judges have maybe a, a slight bias to that, knowing that he might sell toys just on that alone? I hope not, but I mean, I'm sure there are, there are multiple personalities looking at the things to do. So some, some folks may clash, some may agree. So, I mean, I'm sure Martian toys are picking out some, some decent judges. Yeah. I, I, tr- I do believe that the best designs going to win, whether it's designed by someone new or someone established. And I'm looking forward yeah, to it. I, I, I really do hope that something, I think it's a cool contest. Good on uh, Martian toys for, you know, willing to do it and produce whatever design wins. And, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I hope people start posting designs, but I think there's also something to kind of holding your design close to chest. Or do, what do you guys think? Do you, would you rather see people posting their design as they submit it? Or would you do you think that we should just kind of hold on to it and maybe reveal it after the judging process? I guess oh it depends. On, if one of the things that the judges want to see is like how it's being received by the community, then posting is good because people can say, oh, that's really cool. I really like that. Or offer even like opinions so that they can maybe tweak or modify it before it's finally submitted. I mean, I think there's a lot of value to getting community feedback. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think there's, I would prefer to see them and then people can say, hey, have you thought about doing this? And maybe it could make the design even better. And then also I think it can help the judges see, okay, that one was, I think it's good to see if it was perceived well by people who aren't a judge and kind of maybe take that into account too. Yeah. You know, I like that. It's, and I would also say like maybe before you even show it to the social sites for community feedback, like, you know, almost look for like a mentor, look, you know, turn to your friends or if you're in school, turn to your teachers or as many trusting people that can help you out and uh, maybe tweak things and refine it before you actually submit it. Cause I think you only get like three shots at submitting it. So definitely get it to a point where you're confident in your design and then submit it. There's nothing worse than submitting something really early. And then like, I would say sleep on it, sleep on the design for a few days at least before submitting. Cause you know, you always see something with a, a fresh eye and proportions look different and scale looks different and, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, look for mentors, look for feedback, accept the feedback well, and then sit on your design for a few days just to get a fresh eye before submitting. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think getting feedback is pretty critical from a, just in design in general. And you should be willing and open to accept you know, criticism and feedback because it should only make your stuff better. But Gary, you think you would? Would you ever design a DIY toy? 
Yeah, sure I would. I've never set out to, to design one, but if something came to mind, I would certainly you know enter. It sounds like a good opportunity, but um, currently I don't have anything on my mind. But the way my mind works when I heard of the contest, you know, it's my mind's already accepting the challenge. So yeah, I'm kind of partially already thinking of things. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe I might enter, but I, I can't say for sure if I will. But uh, it's definitely possible. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I'll mentor you. There you go. But you, you yeah. guys know. I, I've always shown you guys like sketches and ideas and, you know, before yeah. before I show stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not too proud. I'm always willing to take advice and uh, constructive criticism before I take things to final design. So if I come up with something, I'll bounce it off you guys. See what you think. Cool. And I think with that, the kind of this, this platform talk that we're talking about, we kind of like what makes a great platform. So we talked about the bare brick and the key and the money. Do you guys know what the fantasy drafts are and how they work? Uh, no, I don't know anything about sports. So it sounds sports related. Okay, So it, well, it's kind of sports related. Teresa, are you familiar with how fantasy drafts work? At a very high level. I've never done one. <laughs> okay. So here's how it works. When you enter a fantasy draft, you're picking out like your football team, your basketball team, but you're in a pool with a bunch of other people and you go within like uh, drafting rounds. So you're selected, like you might be the 10th person to select and the, the 19 people ahead of you, whoever they selected, you cannot then, those are off the table. You cannot select who's already been selected. Like you're building your team off of, and everyone gets a turn. And then it just, it just keeps going round and round, you know, kind of like when you're playing a board game, you just go counterclockwise or whatever. Everyone gets a turn and you get to pick one player and then you build your team. So I was thinking, would you guys be interested in doing this? Let's say, I don't want to pick a platform, but just think along the lines of the popular platforms, a dunny or a key. And you are the, you're now the creative director. The three of us are creative directors of our own next miniseries toy. Do you want to play fantasy, (laughs) fantasy creative director of a miniseries? That's a catchy term for it. Yeah. Rolls uh, right off the top. It does. It does. Do you have a better idea? Chris, I know you're a quick wit. I don't. (laughs) I was going to say no. (laughs) Uh, we'll stick to the uh, F. We'll do that. We'll do the mini fantasy dress. Yeah, the M, F, D. The M F D. Good. All right. M F D. I'm down. Okay. So, so it's like a bl- okay. So, it's like a mini series, blind boxy series, dream team kind of idea. But what is our what is our limit? How many uh, per team? Well, let's just see how far we can get because I know we're kind of going off the cuff here. You're, you guys aren't exactly prepared, and I know you're going to be like your your mind's going to be stressed and thinking about who you're going to miss and who you're not going to. So let's just start it out, and if it's uh, going, yeah. it's, if it's rolling along well, we'll keep going. If it's if we're struggling and it sounds like it's going to be boring for the listeners, let's just stop. But um, between you two, give me a number between who's ever closest. Um, I'm thinking of a number. Chris, what's your number? Between what? One and ten. Sorry. One and ten. Oh. <laughs> uh, seven. Teresa. Three. Okay. My number was three. Teresa, you get first pick. 
Chris, you, no. Chris, you'll go next, and I will pick up the tail, right. and I will go third. So be thinking about – don't be considered with like – I don't know. I, I guess it's your creative directing. However you want to – if you're trying to make it an instant hit, if you're, if you're going to go with established artists, if you're going to go with maybe artists who haven't been uh, selected to do a miniseries, it's just – I would say kind of do it like – I don't know. I guess – leaning towards your personal preference. I don't know. I don't know if you want to go however you want to do it. If you want to go all cute, if you want to go all well-rounded, all established, let's just see how it goes and see, you know, which direction you guys lean. So Gary question, are we keeping, and maybe I know it's kind of, we're making this up, but (laughs) I like to have, I want to know the ground rules. So is this series platform agnostic in the sense of like, say a Dunny series where, it's someone translating a design all on the same type of thing. Yes. Or is it okay? All yeah, all designers like it's like a imagine a Dunny series. Everyone is doing a Dunny's. You can they can add sculptural elements or whatever. You can think of an, you know an artist who can you know add to it in like any of the other series accessories or a different head sculpt or a body sculpt. But it's all going to be the same thing. Gotcha. All right, well, let's give it a shot and see how it goes. But I think before we do that, let's take a little commercial break and mention some sponsors. We have longtimerprintsonwood.com. So if you're an artist or photographer and ever wanted to have your work printed on beautiful, sustainable wood, just uh, check out printsonwood.com and see what they can offer you. And for all your designer toy needs, we have some pretty cool stores. We got 3DRetro.com, as well as 3D Retro also has a really awesome brick-and-mortar location out there in Southern California. So be sure to check them out. And we also have StrangeCatToys.com. Corey's a good guy. Uh, He can help you out with anything that you want. And also at checkout, if you want to use promo code MARSHAM at checkout, you'll receive 10% off your entire order. And for all your daily designer toy news, we got two awesome blogs for you. We got spankystokes.com, and there's also thetoychronicle.com. And uh, gosh, tons of news coming from those guys, so check them out daily. And all right, let's get back to our game. Teresa, you got first draft of the fantasy minifigure draft. What are you going to go? This is hard. (laughs) Don't screw up. We normally pick? there's a pool to pick from, right? But we're just going off of whatever. Um, yeah, we we're, like. we're just gonna have to go off of knowledge. Whatever, what you think, yeah. you know, who you follow, who's already at, out there in the toy world, all that good stuff. So if if I were to dis- if I were creative directing my own blind box series mini series, all on the same platform, Dunny ish, so to speak. If it were to be my dream series, obviously it would be like. Cutopia Heaven. Okay. That is what my direction is going to be because, frankly, d- finally with the Designer Toy Awards series that you were a part of, Gary, I feel like was the first time in a long time that I've seen cute dunnies. And so I almost would want to take that, like, yes, the majority was cute, but I want to push it even further. I want to be like cute to the max. Okay. So that's here. The, I'm just your gonna... first pick. Drum roll. <sighs> All right. So this is, I'm just going to pick. I'm, I can't even go in an order, but if I were to think of someone who I don't believe has a production dunny, I love their work, don't own any of their customs, and would love to see a production piece, I'm actually going to say House of Boz. Oh, okay. I think her stuff is freaking fantastic, and I could imagine now that Kid Robot's kind of 
gone in a more sculptural direction with Dunny's. I could see her stuff going in that avenue really well so that her stuff could be translated the right way. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's my first pick. House of Oz. Okay. Chris, you got second in the draft. Who do you select? Um, so I'm going the uh, I'm trying to make money for everyone route. Okay. Granted, this may not, I don't know if it will translate it at all, but just from the hype beast standpoint, <laughs> I, I'm just going to say cause. Cause? <laughs> I'm wow. going cause. Yeah. Oh, I'm a, throwing them in there. Just That's a big move. I'm sure we'll get it into like, you know, the MoMAs and the museums sure. and overseas crowd. So, sure. yeah, I'm getting the series uh, all over the world. All right. Now you're start, you're uh, swinging for defenses right out of the gate. Uh, okay. I have the third selection in the draft, and I'm going to go with. Um, you can just steal some of mine, aren't you, Gary? I'm going to go with Invisible Creature. Oh, damn. For my third pick. Wait. Who's that? Oh, Teresa. I'm sorry. I probably, <laughs> I probably know, but I'm trying to be honest here. Give me some context. Um, um, they've done a couple toys with Super 7. Uh, the Colonel Stinson is one of them. And the uh, Leroy C. Mm-hmm. They're like, I guess I want to say like a design firm. I don't yeah. know the correct term. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're uh, what a team of two brothers out there in Seattle, Don and the- Ryan Clark. They, uh, they're amazing designers, incredible work. And uh, they would do an, in a sweet platform toy. Have they done? Okay, I'm trying to look them up. Are they the ones who did? So wasn't that, that monster sitting in like a tank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's them. That's Colonel. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. I, I know who that is. I was just, ch- I knew I had to know. I just, it wasn't ringing a bell. Uh-huh. Okay. And they've done, okay, I totally right. know who that is. Teresa, with the fourth pick in the minifigure draft, who do you select? All right, sticking with my cutes. Another person who, again, I do not believe. So I guess you could say maybe I'm heading in a direction where I think I love the idea of artists getting production representation that haven't gotten it before. Okay. So I guess I'm going to keep going down that line. So I don't believe this person has a production dunny as well. Um, okay, I take that back. They've had a five-inch one, but not a small one in a miniseries. I'm going to go with Dolly Oblong because oh. I really, really like her, uh, all the stuff she's been doing with uh, Muffin Man Sculpts and all of her. She has such an adorable line of different creatures with, um, she like blanking on all her creature names right now, Bubbles and uh, Baldwin and McDolly. And she... When I went to Decon, blew up at our booth and kept going back and buying a million stuff. And I have very quickly accrued stuff from her. And so I think she would be a super fun artist. Yeah, no, that's a great pick. And what's funny about when we say Dolly Alblin, I think I know a lot of people believe that's her name. And from my understanding, it's actually more of a family collective. There might be one lady who is the main artistic force behind the brand. But Dolly Alblin is a brand. It's not actually... Like an individual's name. But yeah. So, okay. Good selection. So, Chris, your second pick. Uh, I'm going to keep following this, this this train of hype beast. I'm going to go Bobby Hundreds of the Hundreds. Damn. Yeah. you're Dude, I see the series that you're building. Granted, I don't care about any of this, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're... It's just an interesting you're roster. You're sales, like hype beast you're just like yep what's just gonna be just freaking if this series was to release on a toy blog it would blow up and everyone would be talking about yep. it. okay 
But I kind of love it because it's also, I think, an interesting idea of, like, exposure. Like, if you could bring a bunch of big guns in, imagine what that could maybe mean for the toy community. Like, bringing a bunch of people in who maybe know about the artist and, I don't know. What I love about what Chris is doing is it's never going to happen. It's And, like, the funny thing about my list is, like, all the old school guys know about all these guys I'm naming. Whereas the new school hype beast collectors, like... I'm sure they're hear their names, um, but it's one of those like they won't really understand. They weren't around for the since the beginning. Yeah, but uh, exactly, they'll just get it because of the names attached. But they're not familiar with the early stuff right. type of deal. Exactly. Okay, my second pick in the draft is going to be Tomodachi Island. No, <laughs> did, Gary, did I steal that from you? <laughs> yes. No, she's doing amazing stuff right now. It's just fantastic customs. And uh, I want to see her uh, do a production, so I'm going to add her to my list. She's no, on Team Gary. Gary. No. Welcome to Team Gary, Emily. All right, Teresa, you get your third pick. Now maybe you could try to steal one of mine. Not you, not, you didn't see that she was going to be a part of my theme? Oh, I had an idea, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be nice. This is, a, this is a fantasy draft. I can't... Out for blood. That's right. I'm a meanie. <sighs> well, shoot. All right. Well, fine. <laughs> um, man, who should I do next? You know what? I'll say Chima Group. Ooh, interesting. It'd be different. Yeah. You know, I know Chima Group kind of does their own stuff, but I really like all the different things they do, and so it'd be interesting to see them translate stuff to... A dunny. Just mentioning that, then, I would love to see a series of just the Japanese artists. Chima Group, um, Teresa Chiba. Kanatsu. Exactly. Yeah, and an all Japanese design, like, dunny series would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Okay, good pick. Chris, your third pick in the draft is? Uh, Jeff Staple. Oh, man. I'm going to keep going with this. Yeah, trying to think of as many names in that that realm as possible. Okay, I'm writing these down. By the way, I'm gonna. Me too. I'm writing them down. Okay. Well, I've got my list at least written down. My third. I'm really struggling here. This is. Uh, um, I'm gonna go with friends with you. Ooh. Oh. Okay. FW or FWT. FWY, I can't spell today. <laughs> All right. So, uh, who do you have, Gary? I have Invisible Creature, Tomodachi Island, and Friends with You. Okay. All right, you're next. Your fourth pick is. All right, I'm 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 running out of like I was kind of going on a path of people who haven't had production pieces, and I'm <laughs> struggling <laughs> to keep following that path. So I yeah. might have to sway. A bit. Don't, um, don't even think about stealing mine. <laughs> I'm not worried about any of you stealing any of mine. So I don't know. I might take a couple of yours. We'll see. I don't know. That, that might be farther, farther down the list, though. But yeah. I okay, Gary. Please edit this so I say it right. We'll say it right. Who's the creator? <laughs> but I will pick the creator of Treason, Booby Young. Because That's a good one. I think 
Treason has been around for forever. You can't not love Treason. And even like the, um, you know, Ren and all her other characters in her world. And she's never mm-hmm. really done uh, like a, a miniseries type thing. So i pick her. That'd be cool to see. Man, that's really good. I really like that selection. Boom. Okay, you win. You win that one. You win that time, Teresa. <laughs> Chris, who are you going with for your fourth? Uh, the dude behind Tokidoki, Simone. Oh, Simone? Geez. Simone? No, Legno? don't Legno? take Simone! Simone. <laughs> Chris, not Tokidoki. Okay, I see it, though. He's He totally falls in line with your direction. Yep. I accept this, it. Your series, is, at least ours, maybe has the potential of happening, but Chris's? Chris is not happening. <laughs> hey, this really, is fantasy. In a million years. Set yourself at the <laughs> fantasy list. It is definitely fantasy. All right. For my fourth pick, I am going to select... Oh, we just mentioned him recently. I'm going to go with Kassing Lung. Ooh. Okay. Yep. So anyone who's not familiar with Kassing Lung, uh, we talked about him on a recent episode. He's the designer of a character called Lububu, and he also designs a lot of really cool monster creatures. They're very cute but whimsical uh, with a little bit of edge to them. I don't think he's done a platform before, so I want to see him on my team. Yeah. It's, I'll have to look him up. where the wild things are. Yeah. That totally translate to a lot yeah. of things. Uh, miniseries perspective. Yep. He's on Team Gary. He's mine. Okay. Okay. I support that one, Gary. Teresa, your fifth selection is? You know, is Shima Group uh, female, Gary? Do you know? Am I going all female so far? I have no idea, but maybe. You are developing quite the female team. I am. Girl power. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step a little bit off of the people who don't have Dunny and, and go girl power and I'm gonna uh, shoot. No, what do I do? <laughs> oh Jesus. This is hard. You know what? Okay. I don't know if this would ever happen, but I'm actually going to say um Helena from Momiji. Oh, you know I, okay. Alright, I like it. No, that'd be cool to kind of have a designer from Momiji kinda do something for another platform. They can help each other out. That's cool. I like it. Yeah. Chris, uh, Momiji Dolls is a uh, kind of platform that exists out there. And there's a designer, Helena, behind it. And I love her work. And seeing her translate to something different to a Momiji could be really cool. So okay. It's impressive. You know, Momiji does a lot of, you know, they do some work with independent artists. But the majority of all the Momijis. It's her stuff. Yeah, by Helena. So you're talking about Lala Friends on Instagram. So great pick. I'm jealous. <laughs> All right, Chris, your fifth pick is? Uh, how, much, how many are we doing? Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Michael Lau. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep going with these. So Okay. Keep them coming. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to move yeah, right along and say my fifth pick is El Gran Chamaco. <laughs> Welcome to the team. <laughs> All righty. I like it. Of course. His stuff's rad. It looks very polymer clayish. Anyone who's not familiar, he's Grand underscore Chamaco on Instagram. And yeah, I think he'd do a really fun toy. So he's on Team Gary. It's different. Cool. All right, Teresa, your sixth pick is? Okay. 
so I'm going to kind of go off the the Momiji train again. Again, so um, aside from Momiji having Helena behind the scenes as kind of like the main Momiji designer, there's another designer who actually does quite a few designs for Momiji, but also she does a lot of illustrations, and they're all adorably cute, super fantastic, and I could see. Um, I can honestly see her doing her own mini series as well. So I'm going to go with Luli Bunny. She's Luli the Bunny on Instagram. L-U-L-I-T-H-E-B-U-N-N-Y. Right. Okay. Your team is like super kawaii. Can you, <laughs> just, can you describe her for the listeners? Uh, Luli the Bunny. If you check her, I mean, she's done a bunch of Omijis, but if you check out her page, I mean, you'll see. she's She does this really cool illustration style that's textured for lack of a better word, but there's some cool textures in her stuff and really simplistic, really cute. And just like Chima group or even a Japanese group doing lots of stuff. I could see tons of stuff from her, but she'd be kind of a left field one that people probably wouldn't expect, but I could see her doing something. Really cool. You're being much better about describing why you're doing your selection. And then Chris and I are kind of just like naming the person and then moving on. You Here's know why. Part. I'm picking my people. Well, yeah, yours. Chris is because he, he, yours don't need any like description for the most. Build part. some yeah. story, I mean, Gary. Come on now. It's also themed too, so kind of <laughs> themed, I guess. All right, Chris, what's your next selection? Takashi Murakami. Man. Who? Oh, come on. Takashi um, Murakami. Mr. Dob. Takashi Murakami is like known for all those like little flowers. Uh. He's done stuff for like Kanye West and you know stuff like that. All right, you're gonna have to pay a lot of royalties for this team that you're building. Oh yeah, it's gonna be expensive blind box series, hundred dollar blind boxes, and they will get people will spend that money. Oh man! All right, I'm going to select. You know what? I want to see uh, what Candy Bolton would do in a, on a platform series. Ooh. So, Candy Bolton on uh, Team Gary. I I support. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Teresa, what are you up to? Who's your seventh pick? Seventh? Yeah. No? Yeah. Seventh. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Seventh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. I think we're going to bring, I'm going to bring some, bring a vet in. Someone who hasn't had a production for a very long time and I think is very deserving of one. So I'm going to say Squink. Nice. Yeah, totally. I think Chris does insane customs. I don't know how he does it. I swear he must be going cross-eyed because he does so much detail. Yeah. And, you know, House of Boss, him, they're together. Could be cute that they're in a series together because I like that stuff. But, yeah, I think he, he, what is, I think the last one he, the only one he had was the Ken the Tiger from forever ago. Yeah, that's the one I can and think of. So, oh, and Jimmy Butts. He did Jimmy Butts. But I think the problem with him is, He's an amazing customizer, but I don't think his stuff it, – it does translate pretty well to like a production piece, but there's a little bit of his essence of the, the of the painterly technique that he does is lost a little bit. And I kind of feel the same way about 64 Colors, although their Dunny was amazing. But some of the other stuff, like it's just – when it's just vectored, it's it's not the quite the same as the amazing painted pieces that Laura does. Yeah. It, it It's a great selection. I would just – I would want to ensure that the right company works with Chris to ensure that they get more of his painterly technique into his piece. They need to do it right for sure. 
they need to be able to capture the detail, like that, the way he does his eyes and how they're, they're so much little detail. But I feel like they're they're capable. Like, obviously, my goal was that they, they can capture his essence. But you think about, like, even a man of Vassell's ferals and how they finally, like, they captured the texture in it, which I think is more reminiscent of her style. So it's like, I feel like they're going there. They're pushing sculpts. They're pushing the things they're doing, you know, for Talking Kid Robot. So I would I would for sure hope that they could execute it on it well. I agree, though. And you mentioned 64 colors. I'm putting that in my back pocket. That's another good one. Uh-huh. We'll take it before she does. <laughs> okay, so Chris, who's your next selection? Um, since, since we have the Uncle pop-up, I'm going to go with, with uh, Futura. Okay, Futura 2000? Yeah. Is it Futura or Futura? I don't know. I had to say Futura. Okay, we'll go with Futura. I don't know either. <laughs> it's just one of those uh, yeah, I don't hear too often. All right, that's a good selection. Um, I'm going to go with... Damn it. Yeah, I'm going to go with a vet this time. I'm going to go with Julie West. Ooh, okay. I love her, her design eye and uh, her color schemes and stuff like that. So She's finally coming back, right? She's doing that Care Bear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robot. She's doing the Care Bears to Kid Robot. I think she's, you know, she just kind of took a break from the designer toy world. And yeah, I think she's, you know, looks like she's back in the fold with Kid Robot. So hopefully we're going to see more stuff from her. But now she's on my team. All right, Teresa, your eighth pick is? I'm actually going to go with, I'm, I'm going back to kind of a, people who really haven't delved in this avenue. I'm actually going to pick Beastlies. Oh, So okay. uh, for those who aren't familiar, Beastlies, B-A-S-T-L-I-E-S on Instagram. Um, I actually found out about her because she does these pretty cute polymer clay sculptures of different cutesy monsters in a variety of poses and a variety of faces, everything from frowning to shock to ooh faces and what have you. And they're laying down or making, you know, waving their arm or whatever. But she also delves a lot in gallery work and does some really intricate um, sculpture, still creature based, um, like, I don't know, lizard like and sea creature and all sorts of stuff. So she kind of dabbles like two very different realms and seeing Seeing how she translates in this, I think would be really fun. No, I like it. That's a good selection. All right, Chris, who's going to be your eighth selection? Just because I know he would jizz his pants if he heard his name in this roster. Oh, no. I'm going to say. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to say my man. <laughs> Kano. Kano Kid. <laughs> Kano Kid. Yeah, he would love to be on this list. Man, knowing that now, who else should we add with him? You gotta add the one that no one wants on uh, this list. Oh no! What what you should say? <laughs> um, yeah. All right, good pick, Kano Kid. You are on quite the team. <laughs> Dream team, baby. Hell yeah! He's the water boy. He's the water boy in this <laughs> yeah, draft. Yeah, he'll get the towels. <laughs> All right. Uh, my eighth selection is. I'm going to go with another design house, kind of like uh, Invisible Creature. I'm going to go with Lulu Tummy. Ooh. Yeah. I approve. Yeah. I want to see what they do. They, For anyone who doesn't know, it's, uh, I believe they're a couple. And uh, they work in fun, vibrant colors and uh, basic design and, and stuff like that. So they also work in wood and they work in some really cool organic shapes with their wood toys. So check them out. Lulu Tummy. All right, Teresa, your ninth pick is? All right, I have to. I'm going with another vet, and uh, I just have to. 
because I, I I love his work. I'm I'm going Chris Reiniak. I got to include him. Okay. His stuff is great, and I can't not have him in my dream team because his stuff is littered literally all over my house, and I can't get enough of it. So, bring on the Reiniak. <laughs> Good choice. All right, Chris. Uh, who's your ninth pick? Starting around the ideas here. Um. Uh, I mean, he kind of, he fits. I'm going to say Ron English. Okay. Yeah. He definitely fits. Yep. I did that. Continuing. Strong team. I'm, I'm hoping we're going to 10 because I don't go, know if I got any more than that. You got some muscle. 10. You want to cap it off at 10? No. Probably. <sighs> <laughs> we'll cap it at 10. Okay. So my next selection for my next selection is going to be, um... You know what? It's, it's probably going to come off as a surprise. I'm, but I like their bright color scheme, very poppy colors, high contrast. I'm going to go with Para. Who? Oh, nice. Yeah, Para. P-A-R-A? P-A-R-R-A. And I don't know a whole lot about the artist, but I have liked the toys they have done. I'm trying to find them so I can see. Something recent that they did that you might have seen on social media is like a, it's like a tomato lamp. It's like a giant tomato with legs. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like real, usually like a red-blue combination color, usually working a very simple color scheme, but they're very vibrant and very designing and they pop. And so, yeah, I, I, I kind of want to see what they would do on a, on a platform. Interesting. You know, they did those um, those things with Kid Robot a while back, the sculptures of the like, like, yeah, okay. The beaky people. Like yeah, that is kind of... yeah, I think they would do something really cool. So uh, I'm adding them to my list. Yeah, that's kind of out of left field. I wasn't expecting something like that. I'm trying to have a good, well-rounded team. All right. I gotcha. Teresa, who's your 10th pick? Are we really making this final? It makes me sad. Do I really have to pick only one more? Well, maybe let's go to 12. I want to go to 12. <laughs> let's make Chris sweat a little bit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can do it, Chris. I've got, right. I've got one in my head I'm surprised you haven't said. I'm waiting to see here if you say it. Okay. Okay. So I got three more. Okay. So, Gary, yeah. if I say your name. I'm going to say you're kissing my ass. No. <laughs> I would say your name with the disclaimer that you'd have to make a whooper dunny. Sure. Because I'll do it. everyone out there knows that, that whooper dunny should be a freaking production piece. And it never has been. And I know you have one sitting on your shelf at home. And one of these days, break in and steal it. I've heard it many times. I still get emails asking if I'm willing to depart with it yet. Um, I did two of them. I sold one. I kept one. So. But see, I'm not, you know, I'm not kissing your butt. I no, love your No, I know. Gary. But, you know, I had to say that. I know. Right. But I'm going to... Th- I'm throwing you in with the with a disclaimer that Whooper is one of the things you're including, and it's happening. Well, I will say that is a fantastic addition to your team. Well, thanks, Gary. Now you need to add me and pretend <laughs> I'm an artist, and then it'll just work. Well, maybe, let's see. Maybe Chris will steal you away from me. Chris, what's your next pick? <laughs> uh, I got Eric So, another one of like the OGs on my from from my roster. Okay, good. Uh, Granted, like I know most of these won't translate well to a, a platform series, but I think that the name will sell them. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go OG too. I'm gonna go way back, and uh, I'm gonna bring him back to designer toys. I'm gonna add Tim Biscup to my team. Okay. Nice. 
I was thinking he was saying something like that just to spite you. <laughs> Hoping you were going to pick him. He's, uh, he's been gone far too long. Let's, let's bring him back. All right, Teresa, your 11th pick is? All right, I'm, I'm, I'm adding, because I like, I like couples. I've got Squink and House of Boss. So let's go with Amanda Louise Spade to go with the Rhineyak. Okay. Because she's got to be in there if he's in there, because I love her stuff, too. Oh, yeah, totally. Tips week or yeah, totally. So, totally. Amanda, you're joining my team. All right. Chris, who's your 11th pick? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to go with Cool Rain. Damn. He kind of he kind of fits with the vibe as well. Mm-hmm, sure. All right. You want to follow that up at all? <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I, I, I have no explanation. It's just... Just like the ones I mentioned, trying to make the uh, the hypiest beast of releases, the longest lines ever. I get it. No, I get Imagine it. for a toy. I get it, and that's the, that's one release party I'm not going near. <laughs> All right, since since you're not going to follow up with any interesting tidbits, Chris, I'm just going to move on. Sorry. My eleventh pick is. You know what? I've been really enjoying the work of uh, Sticky Monster Lab recently. I think they would do something really fun. So I'm going to add Sticky Monster Lab into my group. Dig it. I really like their stuff, Oh, too. yeah. Especially after seeing the exhibition. I mean, yeah, I, I know it's it's a lot of it's kind of the same, just kind of built off of it. You know, the two black eyes and very simple, but I love it. And I, I, want, to see, I want to see them do a platform. So Sticky Monster Lab. Teresa, who's your next pick? Is this it? This, this is your 12th and final pick. This kills me because I feel like I could just keep going. Oh, so could I. So, massive disclaimer. There's a billion other artists out there that I love. But I feel like I've been talking about them a lot lately. And I do really like their stuff. So, I'm actually going to say Fluffy House. Okay. I think that they their their cutesy style would be really fun to have in a Dunning series. So, there we go. I made a choice. Fluffy house it is. Damn. Your series is going to make hearts explode from cuteness. That's so the whole point. Like to me. <laughs> it's so sweet. You <laughs> might have to like include toothpaste and floss. <laughs> That'll be the accessory. The, the, the case accessory. Little, but it'll be miniature size for your toys. <laughs> it's good. I mean, it's a, it's a strong, cute series. And, uh, yeah, I think that I think this designer toy scene could use a lot more cute. Uh, so I, I think you have a strong series there, Chris. Cool. Your, All right, t- Chris, your twelfth uh, and final selection. This is the end all, be all of all artist selections. You're gonna, granted, you're gonna drop the mic. Be figuring out how to get. I'm dropping the mic right now. This is the one. Uh, granted, getting uh, since they, he passed away not too long ago, uh, it would be trying to get the license to get things done, but I'm sure all these artists that I mentioned before have taken note from this particular artist. Okay. That artist being Bob Ross. <laughs> yes! That... Interesting. Interesting. Right? What's, right? what's it going to look like? Tiny little trees and happy clouds? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think that's Tiny awesome. little trees and happy clouds. It's, uh... So it's so ridiculous that I love it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it, that's thinking outside the box, Chris. It'd work. It would work. I like it. No, it would. Did you see the Funko one that they did of Bob Ross? It's fantastic. 
Yeah, that's like probably the only Funko Pop I want. It really translated really, really I'm well. I'm sold on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's great. Okay, my 12th and final pick, and man, not easy, but I don't think they've done a platform toy yet, and I uh, adore their work. You know where I'm going with this? I'm going Horrible Adorables. Oh, good choice. Darn it. <laughs> All right. All right. Nice. All right. I thought it was fun. I uh, I don't know if, if it was interesting for the listeners, but I had fun. All right. Well, that I was... have to say though, Gary, that the the idea of like a, a Japanese driven series with Japanese artists or even you know overseas artists like that could be could be insane. Like the Kanatsu Shokos and Byron's and I think it would be huge. Uh, and the way Teresa, yeah, that's honestly a fantastic idea just to build a roster around that theme. And even just the way they do it, you know, a lot of the platforms out there are very masked and uh, pad printed and decaled. You know, it would be interesting to see if you gave it to uh, a Japanese artist series, you might start getting like a, a more sprayed series. You might get some of the, the cleared rainbow, like semi translucent stuff. It it would be really, really interesting to see. I would love, yeah. I would love to see it. Hopefully, maybe someone out there who has a say in actually making minifigures series uh, is listening and it might take that into consideration because I think it would be amazing. Totally agree. Okay, I, I think that was what? fun. So maybe we can come up with uh, other games like this and and uh, offend more people and hurt more people's feelings out there. Now. That's why I name people I don't know except for Kano. So, so if you're if you're <laughs> listening, I know as a listener, it's very frustrating to listen to something like this and not be able to partake. So, if you want, have fun with us. Uh, we you know we post this on Instagram. Uh, add your list of twelve of who you would have in your uh, series. It's it's not as easy. It's different because you're selecting twelve without it being fantasy dra- a fantasy draft. Like I stole maybe a couple of uh, Teresa's. So. It's going to be different, but I would like to see what you would creative direct for your series. So let us know. You know, put it in the comments, or yell at us for who we selected. If you don't agree, or <laughs> if you if you agree or disagree, let us know. So, um, and I like doing fun things like this. And again, we need suggestions for the show. So if you have any ideas for games or topics or future segment ideas, we need to hear them. I uh, would love to hear them. You can email us at marshamtoyhour at gmail if you want to leave a phone message and hear your voice repeated back to you on the show, you can call at 480-420-9823. And otherwise, uh, if you want to go more public with it, just leave it in the comments section of our Instagram feed. Hope you enjoyed this segment, and we're going to call it a wrap. So, Chris, thanks for hopping on. Why don't you take a moment and let everyone know where they can find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, Instagram at WhatTheFunks, W-T-F-U-N-K-S, or at vinyl pulse or at super seven san diego i also want to give out a shout out to my buddy tony Bowie, aka a tony Bowie fan club and genuine haha he asked so feel free to edit this <laughs> sure we'll suck free plugs for guests sure uh I, did you get anything out of that yeah i don't know <laughs> Teresa, where can people find you i'll, I'll go check him out chris <laughs> But no, Chris, this has been fun. Thanks for joining. Um, so if you want to find me, Teresa, uh, Instagram is the best place. My username is T-M-H-A-W-K-2-4. All right. And I am Gary Ham. You can find me at superham.com or Gary Ham on Instagram. 
This has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We do this every week, not because we have to, but because we want to. So until our next transmission, we're signing off. <laughs> Talk to you all next week. Uh, bye. bye.